This is The Motivation. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Jujiteros Coast to Coast. Uh, we have a very first doctor to the podcast. We'd like to welcome Dr. Celisa Flores, PhD of the show. Welcome, Dr. Flores. How are you doing today? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing really well. Awesome, awesome. Hey, I just want to say thank you again for joining us. Uh, thank you for adding some legitimacy to this show. Uh, we've kind of just been winging it so far. And you're a pro, dude. You're a real doctor. And we're going to talk about a real our first serious topic on this show, which we've never done in, in the past. And so, Alfonso, you want to kick it off, man? Let us let the listeners know what we're going to be talking about today? Yeah, of course, man. And first, I have a correction. I was just uh, corrected. It's Salisa Flores, PsyD, not PhD. So oh, my bad, my bad. So I want to apologize. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about psychedelics. Um, it's, it's just a topic that I've been hearing about. Um, for example, I had uh, one of my training partners uh, say that he's uh, doing microdosing with mushrooms uh, here and there, and it helps him, you know, with his everyday routine and it just makes him feel better and he feels like he can flow better when he's training. So I thought it'd be an interesting topic to bring up on the podcast. I want to first talk about have you ever had a trip? You know, I want to share my experience with psychedelics, and I don't know if the rest of you guys want to do the same thing. Mind you, my experience has been very limited, you know, back in college doing some, you know, things here and there experimenting. But as to what I remember is just, you know, the sense of feeling when one time I was doing mushrooms on a camping trip, just very relaxed kind of a experience, you know, kind of just a sense of euphoria and um, just like presentness. Like I didn't feel like I was worried about anything in the future or kind of like anxious about anything in the past, just kind of being in the moment, enjoying the scenery and just kind of like writing, writing it out. And that was kind of fun. And then, um, so that's been one of my experiences. I don't know if you want to talk about it, Frank. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, just like you, I'm super limited, but I have had some experiences, you know? And so I remember that same camping trip, you know, I remember being surrounded with a group of awesome friends. I remember the environment, like just like we were just having a good time. We had a campfire, we had food, we were drinking, we were sharing stories. And then, and then we took a couple caps or, you know, and then right. a little bit later, just, I just felt like the best, the best way to describe it would be to just say like, it was just like, I was on, a, I, my body felt like I was on an edible, like on a, on a weed edible, like a brownie kind right. of like, you know, just like tingling and whatnot. But I remember they kicked in when I looked up at the stars Yeah, and for some reason I like, nodded or like I turned my head real quick and the stars like faded in the sky like when right. like when you watch Star Wars and they're gonna jump into hyperspace and all the stars <laughs> like Shoo. I was like oh shit that was cool so then yeah. I just start I just started waving my head like left to right so that I can see the stars like swaying side to side you know right um, but right. I, I didn't feel uh afraid or I didn't see anything that that made me not want to continue or or made me worry you know uh, right I just, I just remember feeling feeling good it was a good experience for me um yeah I mean I, I shared a lot of same things and looking at a campfire kind of made me feel similar to what you experienced with the stars so a question that I have for you Salisa is like is that a standard thing that you that you see because you've been studying psychedelics correct um in your studies have you come across as this is a regular experience and what might cause that experience or 
like what causes those feelings in, in yeah. like things like mushrooms? Yeah, I think for sure. This is a super common experience for a lot of people. Like my understanding is, so there's therapeutic uses of psychedelic, whether it's mushrooms or any of the other psychedelics. And, and then there's recreational or what, what's called recreational. I really think that recreation is medicine. You know, if, if we have lives that we need to take a break from, then we then that's medicine at that point, right? Right. And so I I do think that people do support like having that experience of feeling very calm, feeling very present, feeling very focused. Um, and also, you know, I, I know lots of people who had the intention of having a recreational experience and then actually ended up to address some trauma or some psychological issues that they had right there in that moment and um, didn't really anticipate that or plan for that. And so I do think that's kind of the experience people have with what they call bad trips. um, You know, like you were hanging out with a group of friends and everybody is on their own experience at this moment. So they're not really, no one's really prepared to deal with like some really heavy psychological issues at that point. Um, so I, I mean, I've heard it go both ways for sure. Um, and I, I, I know you guys know a little bit about my history, but I grew up in a place that wasn't um, the safest in in the most present states of consciousness. Um, right. So I didn't experiment with psychedelics much um, prior to really being an adult and not being in that environment anymore. Um, and I only have most of my experience with psychedelics in a therapeutic sense. So it's a very different um, experience where there's a guide and there's an intention of doing this deep psychological work. And sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but I, I think that um, it can come up whether it's whether it was the plan or not. So I do think that's something I try to caution people about is that if if they're planning to take psychedelics and have a known history of whether it's trauma or, you know, family histories of, of psychological issues or their own histories, just to be aware that that could be something that very easily comes to the surface that they're going to have to deal with in the midst of, you know, maybe a party or whatever, whatever right, right. circumstance they choose to take it in. Okay. And um, is there, have you seen maybe in your studies, like a pattern as to when somebody might experience a situation like that when they're gonna have um, more of an intense kind of experience, maybe negative. Like, is there like a headspace that you see traditionally happening people uh, people having um, when they have those experiences, those negative experiences? In all honesty, no. I, I don't. You know, I think that psychedelics, you get what you need, not necessarily what you want. Ah, okay. So you might have wanted to just have a pleasant recreational experience with your friends. Um, but that's not always the case. <laughs> and right. there's, there's not necessarily any way to anticipate that. I do think, you know, there's a big, um, in the psychedelic community, we have a strong sense of the set, which is your mindset and the setting have a big impact on that. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think, I think that you could take all the precautions that you think you need to and still have a real experience that you didn't anticipate. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, Frank, any, anything to add there? No, no, I'm just, I'm just quietly listening over here, you know, and uh, I was just going to ask the same thing, you know, cause I've, I've heard like a mi- I don't know if you c- would call this a misconception, but I've heard people in the past say, you know, Hey, let's do a, let's do a mushroom trip. Oh, no, nah, fool. I'm just, I'm not in a good place right now. I, I, I don't want any demons coming out or, you know, and, and I, 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've never, I mean, other than that camping trip, I don't know what's going to come out. And I just, right. I consider myself like a generally mentally healthy person. And if there's anything ever bothering me, I usually like talk about it right away, you know? And so um, I, I've, I've heard that several times, you know? Yeah, I think that's a really healthy space to operate from that uh, a lot of people don't operate from the space of I just talk about my problems when they come up. Like that's actually probably <laughs> really way more rare uh, for most people. But, um, you know, I, I it's interesting because I think that people, even people who thought that they've worked through a lot of their stuff, I know a lot of people who have done lots of therapy and <clears throat> still had really intense experiences with psychedelics that they didn't, just didn't anticipate. Yeah, yeah, because I've, I've heard, I mean, I'm who knows if they're true or not. I've heard people's trips before and I've heard experiences where people were like, I saw cartoons and they were coming out of the TV. And then I've also <laughs> heard people say like, fool, they were coming for me. So I jumped out the window, <laughs> Right. you know, right. like, so, so I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. So uh, what are, what may be uh, Dr. Flores, what would be some misconceptions, you know, that, that people might have about psychedelics that maybe they, that would keep them on the fence or maybe they just wouldn't even consider this as a form of, of therapy or medicine, you know? Right. So I think that there's misconceptions going both directions. I think one misconception is um, that people that want to use psychedelics just want to have, you know, this fun recreational experience and that there's no therapeutic value. And that's, that was sort of what um, the DEA decided, you know, quite some time ago in the, in the sixties that this had, that psychedelics had no medical value. That was kind of, they ended all research because their sense was that it was highly addictive and that it had no medical value. And, um, only recently we've been able to start researching again. Um, and there's actually really strong evidence that, um, psychedelics can provide a lot of value in terms of treating treatment resistant depression, um, TSD, physical conditions. So there's lots of research that's starting now. Um, but that was one big misconception that I think a lot of people carried, um, and I know that people from those generations also faced a lot of um, stigma and um, false misconceptions that it was going to cause a mental illness, that it was very dangerous, that people that took psychedelics were going to end up permanently um, in a state of psychosis, that um, people that took psychedelics were going to cause more problems than they had had to begin with. Um, and, and really don't find that that's true. If people have a history of psychosis or a family history, then we would, I mean, those are not people that this might not be the right medicine for them. But um, I think on the other side of that is there are also people that think that this is the magic cure and that if you take a psychedelic one time, all of your problems are going to be resolved. And I think the reality of that is it's actually just a tool in this sort of uncovering of things that are really difficult to work through. And for a lot of people, um, it's the start of working through some things that have been really difficult. So, so it's just like a tool, you know, more, more so like a, another different form of therapy to try to help people through just not, not a magic bullet, like that what some people are looking for then. Right. And I think that's an important thing people to really understand because it's not going to, you know, tomorrow you're not going to wake up and everything that has been a problem is just suddenly gone. Right. You know, it's it, for a lot of people, it takes months or years of integration work and really working through what their experience 
taught them what things they feel like they need to change, what things need to be different in order for them to really make their the most use of their experience. Right. Okay. So you said it's used as a tool. So how does this um, help with uh, therapy? Is it because it, it might help lower inhibitions or bring somebody to a present, like reconcile some memories or feelings or whatever is going on with somebody's um, past that allows them to bring it forward to the present? Is that sort of the way that it, it's working or am I getting that totally wrong? So there's a couple of different there's definitely like multiple ways that it's working. Um, and so one of the ways is that it, um, it creates what's called like neuroplasticity and neurogenesis, meaning we're able, we're in a space of new learning, but also we're in a space of some psychedelics can help to enhance like brain growth and growing new neurons and new neural pathways in the way in the brain. Which, mm. which is huge, right? Like right, you yeah. doing something the same for your most of your life, and then all of a sudden you have an opportunity to do something different. Whoa. That's a really big deal, right? Because our brains are structured in a way to conserve calories. Like I know it's a strange thing to consider, but our brains use almost a quarter of all of the calories that we take in. Right. So our brain constantly in this state where it's just trying to cut like save calories for things that it might need later. So if you are in the habit of doing something the same every day, every day I get a donut on my way into work, instead of your brain making a different choice, it would have to use a different pathway. So your brain just goes, no, we're just going to keep doing it the same way, right? Like, or you take the long route to work. No good reason. You just do your brain just decides it's going to be easier for me to keep doing it this way than to make a new choice. Mm. So really big um, opportunity that, um, that we can see in the use of psychedelics. Um, But it's, it's strongly enhanced in a therapeutic context, right? So if you have these, the opportunity for these new pathways, but you just keep making the same choices, well, that's, then you're just going to keep making the same choices. So that's one way that it's not, an automatic, you know, right, right. Bullet. it's not going to just change things on its own. So it's, it's helping people find a new mindset yeah, in, in a sense, creating, creating new, new, um, I don't know how you would say that. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess you said it, new, new neural pathways, pathways right? Yeah. yeah. New pathways. Yeah. Yeah. Making new connections. That's, that's awesome. I, I hadn't, I, I didn't know that that's what was happening. That is crazy. That is pretty it's, cool. Yeah, It's very cool. It's really amazing. Like one of the ways that people have described it is like fresh powdered snow versus going through the same tracks. Um, so that's one of the ways that it's used to help or it's, the, it's expected to help with um, substance use disorders and people that have addictions. Right. Um, yeah. I was going to get into that. That's, go ahead. Yeah. It's really interesting. Psilocybin has been used and shown more effective at smoking cessation than any other drugs that we have on the market, um, which is pretty impressive uh, just because it helps people to make choices that maybe they've wanted to make, but haven't felt like they were able to make. Right. Because breaking that cycle is one of the hardest things to do. Right. Um, so if you're offering, uh, there's, there's an opportunity for, for something like this to help you break the cycle. Um, it can be a game changer. Um, have you yourself seen that, that changed, uh, something like that drastically change within a person that they're able to break? Uh, like if somebody has been smoking for, you know, decades, 
Um, have you seen in your studies that that like a change that rapidly helps that maybe they've been trying to quit for, for a long time, but this is the thing that helped them do that. Um, so I've definitely seen lots of research. I don't, I can't, nobody's coming to mind personally that I know that has had that experience. Um, I have known people that have had other experiences where they had some pretty serious mental health, um, conditions, and have completely changed their lives. So I know somebody that was agoraphobic that didn't leave their house um, on a pretty regular basis for months, months and months at a time for the past probably 10 years. Um, and her experiences specifically with psilocybin really shifted that. And so um, it's just no longer the case. Like it's that's, awesome. Oh, that's amazing. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, yeah so it sounds like, like years, yeah, no, a year later, just a totally different life, you know, and wow. that's, amazing for for a yeah. lot of people so it, it sounds like like the use of hallucinogenics in or psychedelics in in therapies kind of it's you got a lot of positives coming you know and so are there any negatives to it or is there like have you run into any legality issues because maybe you know i'm not sure yeah yeah for sure i mean there's definitely tons of legality issues it's not legal in this country right so most psychedelic substances are not legal there are psychedelic experiences that are legal and more accessible. Um, ketamine is one drug that is classified as a psychedelic. It's actually um, an anesthetic, um, but it can cause um, it can cause psychedelic experiences and it's legal. It's still really expensive. It's not covered by most insurance, but it, I've seen that work in terms of treatment resistant depression. So I've known somebody that struggled with lifelong depression and suicidality and had about, mm, I think, six to eight months of ketamine treatment uh, and is off their antidepressant medication and is suicidal. I mean, this is somebody that's struggling for most of their life. That sounds like Um, a pretty extreme case. Why Why would the government or people be against this? Well, Again, it hasn't been studied for incredibly long. Ketamine is one substance that's been studied because it was an, an anesthetic, and it's one of these safest anesthetics that we can use. It's used on animals. It's used on children. Um, so that's why I think that's passed through. Um, the VA does use that for specifically for suicidality. Um, and but there, the other substances haven't been studied in Western ways, right? Like so the people that have been using peyote for 10,000 years probably understand pretty well that it works. Um, We haven't had it. We don't have the scientific evidence in the Western ways or, you know, psilocybin has been used. There's evidence been used for 7,000 years, but we don't have, they have a traditional understanding and knowledge that isn't accepted in the Western medical model. Right. Okay. Gotcha. All right. And um, what um, my question has been with this legality issues, how long has that been going on? Like you mentioned that in the 60s, um, this was something that these studies were going on and then they stopped uh, because these laws came into effect, right? How long has it been since people started like gaining more traction since that time? Like, and how much has it improved from after those bans were, were put in place? Yeah. So, um, so there's an organization called MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Science. 
And um, Rick Doblin founded that. And he's, for the last 30 years, been fighting to um, make it access, make psychedelics accessible, make psychedelics available for research purposes, with the end goal being to make it decriminalized. Right now, it's a Schedule 1 psychedelics are schedule one drugs and um, to help move those into a place where they're more accessible. Um, there's a lot of, you know, so th- there's, there's been a lot of progress. FDA, I think it was two years ago, the FDA just approved MDMA as a breakthrough um, drug in the treatment of PTSD, meaning that MDMA shows better evidence of resolving PTSD symptoms than any other drug that we have available or any other wow. we have available. Really? Um, yeah. That it's that's really right. It's really, really impressive. The data is really, really impressive. Um and we're still waiting, right? Like they're hoping that it is available and legal by 2022. Who knows in the age of a pandemic and kind of right. all the studies being halted and slowed. Right. Um so we don't actually know anymore uh what what the future looks like, but they've been pushing for it for a long time. Um there's research on psilocybin, there's for treatment resistant depression, again, ketamine for suicide and treatment-resistant depression. Um, but it does, I mean, there there are risks to people, right? And so there's cardiac risks. Um, so a lot of the research that MAPS has done has been very limited in who they accept into the studies. Um, there's a lot of exclusionary criteria. But right now, if you wanted to take a psychedelic substance, that's the only legal way in this country, a research study, right? Um, so it's an interesting balance of trying to figure out how do we make this accessible and how do we help people that need the help. There are there are definitely ways of having psychedelic experiences that are not substance induced. So holotropic breath is one way. Um, there's a there like float tanks have been considered mm. like people have had psychedelic experiences in those um there's this light it's called the lucia light and it was created by a doctor who had a death experience as a child and he wanted to recreate that for people and i actually was able to use this at the maps conference in 2007 oh, really? what was that like that's aw- sounds awesome. Yeah. It was amazing. I, it was amazing. So like as soon as it's just this really bright white light and it flashes really brightly at a certain residence. So you sit under it with your eyes closed. And for my experience, almost immediately I could start seeing fractals and colors and just had this really calm, sense of calm and bliss. Like I can't describe wow. it any other way besides just bliss. I want to try that right now. Like hang- it's almost really like, amazing. Almost like hanging out with Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like that. Almost yeah. as good. Oh, man. Um, but there, so there are some of those that are available. I know if you look it up, I think it's like, it's called Lucia Light 3 or something like that. We got to um, check those out. Yeah, really- there's places where, where they have them. You can find them online. I just put one in my cart on Amazon. All right. Right. It's, God. yeah, you definitely should. I will go visit if you do that. Um, but it's but you it's, will you come visit in the summertime? No, I found someone in his carport. <laughs> no, definitely not. He's got misters, Salisa. He's got misters. I got oh, misters. Well, that's true. I got misters. That's true. Uh, All right, well, then it's probably fine. Probably gonna <laughs> yeah, be fine. that sounds awesome. And um, have you personally, besides you know, that one time that you holy shit. All right. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Did you Google I, it? 
I just I just took it out. All of right, my car. something I happened. We gotta hear what happened. Lucia number three, home portal, shipping to the U.S. included eight thousand mm-hmm. four hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, so it's gonna take a little while, Salisa. So uh, we'll we'll get a we'll get a we'll get a GoFundMe going, Frank. We'll, don't we'll quite pack your bags just yet, girl. <laughs> get a GoFundMe. Go there's again, there's a couple of places in California. Um, and if you happen to be around any of them, there's one Corona. There you go. There we go. Um, Alfonso loves Coronas. I do love Coronas. <laughs> Watch out. Um, can I yeah, drink a Corona while, while I'm doing this? Is that, is that okay? You probably could. It would probably be fine. All right. Probably okay. Fine. All right. All right. That's good to know. Um, cool. So, um, um, so these these lights that you're talking about, those are also used in treatment, or are they not yet? Like they're still trying to experiment with them. Yeah, they're not used in treatment yet. Um, it was created by two doctors. One of the doctors, like I said, had a death experience as a child, oh. and um, he uses the lights in his own practice. And I want to say he's from Norway, but I could be totally wrong. Um, but he's from, he's from a European country that I'm drawing a blank on right now. Um, he uses it in his practice, but it's just an interesting experience. Um, and when I did it, I was like, oh, this is what death is like. This is fine. Like, this is great. <laughs> Dang, you didn't even have to get stabbed or nothing. This is not what I'm used to from no. uh, growing up in Fresno. You know? Right. <laughs> like, this is way calmer than at, right. Like, I think the anxiety of possibly getting stabbed is way higher than the actual experience of death. Dude, I can tell you, walking home eighth grade from Yosemite Middle School – it's not a good experience. How many times did you get stabbed, Frank? Well, I didn't get stabbed, but oh. there was oh, okay. times I was, <laughs> thought I might have, so I had to run. Right. So you got to catch right. me, fool. You ain't. I'm not an easy kill. Right. You don't become the fastest kid in school for no reason. I'm just going to tell you that right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, practice. That's it. Practice makes perfect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah true. Uh, so Lisa, is there uh you, you mentioned that this doctor who created the Lucia light is from Norway. Uh, is there a country that is more um, open to the use of, of psychedelics as a form of therapy? Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> other countries have been studying them longer. Other countries have different regulations. So um, for example, Jamaica does not enforce any, rules around um psilocybin so magic mushrooms um mexico does not enforce laws around magic mushrooms ayahuasca um and ibogaine Uh, so other countries definitely have different regulations peru um it's it's part of a religious heritage so ayahuasca is protected um as is san pedro and huachuma um, so there's, there's definitely other places you can go and have these experiences. There's definitely therapeutic settings where people can have these experiences as well. Um, but they're not really accessible for most people, right? Like, especially, I mean, now that we're not allowed to travel, but of course. before a lot of the retreats would be, you know, four or $5,000 for a four day retreat to, to do a few ceremonies. Um, or, you know, some, there were some, there's definitely some in Costa Rica and, um, South and Central America where 
there a few thousand dollars for a couple of weeks, but that's still a lot of money, not including travel. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's definitely without a lot of like outside of a lot of people's price ranges for sure. Um, now I, I want one question that I have is you mentioned that there's, um, there's they're using MDMA, um, psilocybin, you know, and, and different types of, of drugs like this to treat different issues. Have you, have you seen that certain drugs are better for certain um, conditions rather than others? So for example, you mentioned MDMA for uh, post-traumatic stress, right? Um, is that because that works better for that? Or is it just because that's the only research that they've had or most research has gone uh, through the use of MDMA? Yeah, well, that that question's a little complicated because sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's that there hasn't been research around different substances for all of the conditions, but there's also, you know, if they don't think that there's a good reason to research it, then they, they probably won't invest because it's expensive to do these studies. And so they gotcha. have to really prove that it would be advantageous to use this substance for this condition. Um, part, and the other part of it, so things like LSD is not heavily researched. And part of the reason is that an LSD trip can last 12 hours. Um, oh. and Ooh, that's right. a long, that's, I got to go to work, yeah. Lisa. Right. Yeah. That is very taxing, not only on the person having the experience, but if you have a therapist or a psychologist or a nurse who's all sitting with you. That's a um, lot of hours. I mean, they it's get a lot of hours, right? So, yeah. so part of the reason um, MDMA, it, it's much shorter acting. Um, and that's one of the reasons it's researched more frequently. Um, psilocybin is shorter acting. So like four to six hours as opposed to the 12. Right. Um, Ayahuasca can be eight to 12. Um, oh, Ibogaine wow. is one drug that has been researched um, specifically in relation to opiate addiction. Um, and it's been shown very efficacious and very effective and is used again in other countries to treat opiate addiction. Um, but a, an Ibogaine trip can last 36 hours. Wow. That is, wow. That is I don't know how, that would be time. exhausting. It is exhausting. It is very taxing. Um, and again, it, it kind of makes you question, like, is this really highly addictive? Like, are, if this is really 36 hours of a really difficult experience, are people really going to want to do that every Friday? Seriously, yeah. that's like saying, yeah. hey, Alfonso, probably. you want me to kick you in the balls every day <laughs> at 12 o'clock? You ready? Yeah, Maybe probably. not at 12. Yeah, Maybe at gonna, 1 p.m. I'm after not ready lunch. until Maybe 1 o'clock. After lunch, <laughs> yeah. Probably not going to get a lot of takers. I'm uh, itching for a ball kick at about three fifteen. Helps yeah. digestion process. Um, all right, go ahead. Sorry, Salisa. No, no, that's okay. But I think absolutely. I mean, different different things have different purposes for sure. Um, there's not a lot of of Western research around a lot of the substances that have a longer lifespan right so peyote and the cactuses like those have long the trip is going to be a long time it's 10 to 12 hours um and that can be really long it's long to study somebody for that long right um and again so psilocybin and mdma because they're short acting um, are more researched ketamine can be very short acting part of the 
way that it's administered is through an IV drip so that it has a longer life because otherwise it can be as short as 20 minutes. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. Like DMT, some of those, um, some, some substances have really short lives. Like, you know, you mentioned, um, salvia that can, that can be five to 20 minutes. Right. Um, so some of those can be really short acting, um, which makes it easier, easier research subject. Right. Right. Um, so that's part of the reason, but there's also, it's worth studying Ibogaine for opiate addiction because it works. Um, and people have seen really good outcomes. And, and that's important, especially now because of how much the opiate crisis has, has like really taken over the healthcare system currently. Right. Like right. it's, it's become such a big issue. Um, so on that note, like what do you see of the future in studying psychedelics and, and helping with these, with these conditions and issues with, that people are having? And also what can people like us do to help like getting more traction behind this research? Yeah. So, so the biggest issue with research is funding, right? Um, research studies are expensive and part of the reason that um, they get funded is because there's an expectation that we'll be able to sell something at the end, right? Right. So things like, you know, um, traditional medications got studied because at the end of it, they're going to make their money back by selling this substance. But you can't um, patent a natural substance. So mushrooms, the cactuses, ayahuasca aren't heavily researched because they can't be patented later. So there's not a lot of. Um, so basically, all these pharmaceutical companies don't want to touch it because there's no money in it. Right. Right. Huh. Exactly that. So um, fuck so, the people. We want money. Right. And also. Sad. Right. Sad. If if at if these are medications that are curing people versus symptom management, that's a very different profit model, right? Right. If we're resolving people's trauma instead of treating their anxiety for the rest of their lives, it's going to be very different um, in terms of potential income than it would be if we were, you know, just, they were just on these medications for the rest of their lives. There's a a few reasons um, that funding is difficult to come by in the psychedelic um, MAPS is one organization that is um, international, but it's based in, it's actually based in Santa Cruz and they have been fun, getting funding for the last three years. Um, they're getting very close, but of course they always have new goals where they're trying to reach. So definitely, um, you know, just sharing. And I think also this helps people to sharing the information helps people to be more open to it and more um, available to even seeing what the research is, because I still know quite a few therapists and even um, especially psychiatrists and doctors who are not open to what the research is showing at this point. Just it's, and it's new, right? And they're not, there's, they've been really limited in what research they've been able to do with the funding that they have. So uh, I think sharing the information is, is helpful. I think, um, if you guys have any million dollar donors, send them to to support fun psychedelic research. Um, oh yeah, I, know, I, I got research, five right now. 
Yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, <laughs> tell them to send Alicia Light too. Very, there um, we just go. Toss one of them. Yeah, toss, oh, toss one of them in and then toss one this way as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. In the definitely. carport. Yep. In the carport. Yeah. I'm going to give out phones with, with, with the Portuguese, the uh, the Portuguese dairy uh, farmer <laughs> number. <laughs> he loves green eyed dudes. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so this is obviously something you would recommend to, to, to people if, if they could, if they have the ability to do so, if they found other forms of treatment ineffective, um, this could be something that they can do to help them with their, with their um, problem, whatever their issue. situations yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's, you know, like I said, it's not going to be a magic bullet, you know, and this is not the right medicine for everyone, but no, medicine is the right medicine for everyone. Right. Yeah. Everybody's um, different. Right. So, yeah. So I think, you know, I think that I have a strong feeling that everyone deserves wellness. You deserve to heal from the struggles, the things that you've struggled with and, and whatever that means to you, you know, like whatever living your best life is like you deserve. And so for, for a lot of people, um, traditional strategies might not have worked. They've already done, years of therapy, they've already done EMDR for their trauma, they've already done, you know, done these things. So I do have a lot of hope that um, we can find medications through, you know, plant medicines and through psychedelics that, that will be the next tool to help those people get to the level that um, they hadn't been able to reach with other strategies. And again, I, my biggest concern is I don't want people to you know, there are people that will take psychedelics and feel worse, right? Like you still are going to have a lot of bags to unpack. You're not going to feel automatically better because you did this. So I just don't want people to have the sense that if this doesn't work, then nothing will. Um, Because again, it's just not the right medicine for everybody. And it's just a tool. So you're still going to have to do the hard work of um, navigating the trauma and the, the chaos and whatever other struggles that people have had to get them to where they are now. Yeah, I would imagine right. it would just be like any other form of, of therapy or or men or health issues. You know, it, you you go to the doctor because your leg is broken. He's not going to fix it that same day. It's not going to get better that same day. It's going to take some time. Right. 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 That that's awesome. Very interesting topics. Um, and anything else that you want to leave us with on this on this subject um, before before we conclude. Uh, this podcast, this episode, Jalisa? Um, I just, I realized at the beginning, you mentioned microdosing and I could spend like a whole, at least other, another hour just talking about that topic. But, um, you know, I think that's definitely something too, that in other countries it's uh, more accessible. So Canada is, uh, you can purchase microdoses of psilocybin and other substances. And I think it has shown um, it's very low risk. So for people who aren't sure um, when these substances become available, that might be a better step than jumping into a mega dose of any substance. Right. So I would definitely encourage people to check out places like Third Wave. Um, Third Wave has a lot of really great um, information on psychedelics. And also um, Dr. James Fadiman has compiled a history um, of microdosing. So he has protocols, has a really good um, standardized base of knowledge and information. 
And Paul Stamets also has a microdosing protocol. Um, so if anybody's interested, definitely check those places out. Um, and that's, that's a good start at least. Well, we'll add those to, um, to the comment section. We'll, we'll yeah, for sure. We'll make a post and, and we'll share and that with everybody. Now that you mentioned that you have more to talk about this microdosing, that could be a different episode. We definitely want, want to have you back. That'd be awesome to talk about microdosing oh, for on sure. a whole separate episode, if you don't mind absolutely. at all. Yeah, absolutely. This is one of my favorite things to talk about. So it's, I'm happy to do that. Cool. Cool. Um, I just want to say thanks again for, for being on here um, and, and joining us today, talking about the subject. It's learned a whole lot. Um, yeah, definitely cool to, to talk to you about this. Um, yeah, Frank, anything to add? Yeah, again, I just want to say, you know what, Salisa, thank you so much for joining us. Um, one of the reasons I started this podcast is because I feel like our like we've known each other here. Us three have known each other for a long ass time. Right. You know, since we didn't know what yeah. the fuck we were going to do. <laughs> we we're all trying to figure it out. And and you know what, dude? I feel, Salisa, uh, I feel like our collection of friends is so unique that I feel like the world needs to hear about our friends. Because I've, I've never in my life have I ever had a group of friends that I have felt so comfortable and so like, proud to have as friends because everybody's always picking everybody up everybody's uplifting each other everybody's doing something positive not only for themselves but for the people for everybody you know like i just i'm just so happy that 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 we're able to 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 come together and and start something so that we can share this with everybody thank you so much salisa thank you yeah thank you for having me and i'm part of that group Yeah, yeah sure of course you're the honorary member. You're the doctor. You're the only <laughs> doctor in the group. You're the one that keeps us legit. For sure. For Otherwise, sure. we'd just be a bunch of jerk-offs. But no. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm like not a medical doctor. I'm just a of psychology, not like your mom's proud or anything. Just like regular doctor. Hey, we're proud. You're... <laughs> You're a better doctor. What are you talking about? You're talking about using psychedelics to cure people. Regular doctors don't do that. Yeah, for real. <laughs> right. <laughs> Screw those guys. Anything you want to share before we head out, Salisa? Anything you uh, maybe you want to share a website or uh, oh yeah, listeners where know where they can go to get more information. I mean, you you just mentioned another website a little while ago. Yeah. Um. So my I'm I just got on Instagram. Pandemic started. Um. Because I wasn't at all before, but that's where I share information. Um. I I post monthly integration groups uh, for psychedelic experiences and that I share that information on Instagram at dr.salisa. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Well, we'll, that's a wrap, everybody. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at jujiteroscc2c. That's J-I-U-J-I-T-E-R-I-O-S-C-2-C to stay informed on upcoming episodes and announcements. I also want to remind everybody, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite favorite streaming platform, or you can head over to our website to listen to the show or download it directly from there. You can find the link in our bio on our Instagram profile page. Uh, I want to, again, thank Dr. Salisa Flores and Alfonso for joining me today. We hope you all enjoyed the show today and learned a little bit about something like we did. Uh, Everybody takes awesome care of their bodies. You know, they go to the doctors, uh, they do a little bit of research and whatnot. But we don't do the same thing for our minds. So if you're listening out there, take care of your mental health as well. Try a little mental wellness check every now and then. 
And uh, we're living in crazy times, so take care of yourself out there, all right? Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Red, don't forget to register to vote. Take care. Be safe. Keep rolling and training if you can out there. And we hope the to hear motivation. from you soon. Peace. <laughs>